You're listening to the Valley Vegas Church Podcast. Valley Vegas is located at 4500 West Sahara Avenue in the heart of Las Vegas. For more information and to get connected with us, visit valleyvegas.org. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by today's message. Well, hello and Merry Christmas. I haven't had a chance to say that to you yet. I want to welcome you that are online uh, watching from home. Good to see you. Merry Christmas as well. The Christmas carols we sing tonight, today, they celebrate the birth of our Savior. And, and oftentimes, most of those lyrics, they, they really accurately described what we imagine would be the scene there in Bethlehem a couple thousand years ago. But, you know, there's one carol that for years I have challenged its theological accuracy. And yeah, I'm stepping on sacred ground, I know. I'm coming against Silent Night. All right? You don't believe me? Well, listen to the opening line. Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm. All is bright. Really, all is calm. Tell Mary that as she's having a baby in a barn. Bunch of cows mooing and sheep and pigs snorting and everything else. Oh, but all is bright. Oh, really, all is bright, huh? She just left home. She's down there with, doesn't know anybody. She's 70 miles from her mom and dad and having a baby. That doesn't seem real bright to me. So I I got a better song that we ought to move in place of Silent Night. That's more accurate, especially for this year. How about Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer? That probably more, more described poor Joseph and Mary's situation there. Oh, boy, think about it, though. Just two weeks earlier, a few weeks earlier, man, they'd had the baby shower. All the things were bought for little baby Jesus, and the room was decorated. The hospital, First Baptist at Nazareth Hospital was booked. The room was all ready to go. The meals from their family and friends had been set up that when they got home, they'd have meals. Mary wouldn't have to cook. And, but yet, like many of us, I've experienced this past year. A plan doesn't always come together, does it? For some reason, they went down to be included in a census. The Bible says that Joseph was of the line of David, and David's hometown uh, was Bethlehem, or his line was in Bethlehem. So Joseph and Mary had to go down to Bethlehem to have the census taken. Now, I don't know why she would travel when she was so far along. I don't know if... uh, she got down there in plenty of time and then got delayed and had the baby or if the baby came early. But I do know this, that it was all part of God's plan because it was prophesied thousands of years before that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So there's the answer to our question. But she's down there and I'm sure they didn't plan on staying long, but uh, they did stay long. Had the baby down there. Looks like in scripture, they went back to Jerusalem for a little bit, had a, a uh, the baby dedicated in the temple uh, eight days later. But then eventually an angel came to them and said, hey, you've got to go down to Egypt. Crazy King Herod is wanting to kill uh, any male under the year of two age because he's fearful. People keep saying the king of the Jews was born. The king of the Jews was born. And so uh, he said, I don't know who that is, but I'll just wipe all the boys out two years and under and we'll make sure we get him out. So. What a crazy, crazy time in the life of this young Jewish couple. And I thought about that story, and I thought about the year that we've just experienced. 
very, very similar in certain aspects of you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, do you? I mean, we really thought that we were past this uh, COVID uh, come summertime, looked like things were starting to open up and, and we'd got past the worst of it. And then the second wave hit. And I think uh, more people have got COVID, I know, in our church this time around than the first time around. And uh, we don't know, you know, the vaccine's out, but who knows uh, uh, how long that'll take or if it'll work long term or not. But as I read over this story, I, I really noticed some similarities. I, I really had to admire the way that Joseph and Mary handled this situation. Now, I know that scripture doesn't you know, give every little detail, but I don't see anywhere in the Christmas story this couple complaining. I don't see them murmuring. I don't see them, you know, poor me. And I just see them just kind of uh, going through it. And I want to just bring some things out of the story that I think can help us as we kind of go through our own uncertain time. And here's some lessons I know that I'm going to learn from this year uh, as I take a look at this story. Number one is learn to roll with the punches. Learn to roll with the punches. I, I think Joseph and Mary just had to say, and it, probably what helped them is that they were young. Most people believe they were probably late teenagers, 16, 17 years of age. That would be the normal uh, age that you would marry back in those days. And they just kind of just, just went with it and just flowed with it. We set ourselves up, don't we, for frustration if we think that every little plan that we have is going to just fall into place, there's going to be no hiccups. My wife loves to plan. She's a good planner. She likes to have all of her eggs in a basket. And uh, she will tell you she's not real good at, at adjusting and stuff. So this time, uh, this pandemic has been good for her to learn that she just has to kind of go with it. And there's things that are out of her control. I think that we would be wise to build in what I call oh snap moments into our life. I I think we've learned that of this past year. That is that when something unexpected happens, plans are changed, plans have to be rearranged, something that was started has to stop. Uh, Those are what I call oh snap moments. They happen all the time. You parents know that they happen all the time. Vicki and I, a lot of our oh snap moments happened as we were parenting. I'll never forget, I think Seth was, I don't know, three, four, somewhere in that age group. Uh, we were going on vacation when we were still living in Bakersfield and we were so excited and, and ready to go. And Vicki was grabbing a, a few uh, medicines to take and noticed that the children's aspirin bottle was about half empty where it had been full the day before. And Seth, did you eat these? Candy, candy. And so somehow he got in there and he'd taken a bunch of aspirin. So all of a sudden we call the doctor. Do we need to rush him to the hospital? No, watch him. Just take, keep an eye on him. If his heart's getting drowsy, yes, get the hospital. Let's just see. We don't know how many it took. We're not sure how many are in the bottle. And so anyway, he made it through. It's amazing, by the way, how many aspirin that children can take and not be affected. Because he took a pretty good handful. An old snap moment. Well, another time, vacation seemed like it all happened. I had an oh snap moment. We were so excited. Got our first travel trailer. We were an official family. All we needed was a minivan. We'd have been right there. Two kids, a little 15-foot or 19-foot travel trailer. wasn't very big, whatever it was. And I was pulling over the beach and so excited. And if you know me, I'm not the most handiest of guys. 
And, you know, but, but I, I get this other bad trait. I'm not afraid to try stuff. So it's kind of a bad combo sometimes. So I hooked that sucker up and pulled it over there and, and uh, was backing it up and, and wasn't real good at backing things up. And it was a tight squeeze. And Vicky saying, you're good, you're good, you're good. She was on one side. She didn't look at the other side. All of a sudden I heard this crunch. And I looked up. You know that little pole that you plug your electricity into that, that is normally straight up? Well, this one was somehow ended up like that. I knocked the pole completely over. Uh, I had to pry it back up, and that's how we started. But we finally got it hooked up. Okay, come on, family. Let's go into our new trailer. You got the keys, Vicky? You brought the keys, didn't you? We're two hours from home. You did bring the keys, didn't you? I thought you were going to grab them. No, I I thought I told you to grab them. No keys to get in the trailer. We had to call locksmith. $75 later, we're finally in our trailer. Oh, snap. You know, you just have to roll with it. If this pandemic has taught us anything, that is, is that there are certain things that are out of our control. Certain things that we just have to say, Lord, you know what? I planned, I prepared, and then this happened. So Lord, I just give that to you. That is a very good lesson to learn. And just say, God, you know what? Hey, I, 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 don't, I can't control it. So, Lord, I, I give this thing to you. I trust that you're going to work it out in spite of this oh, snap interruption that's taking place. Now, there's a, another lesson I think we learned that I see in this Christmas story. And that is, is to look for a miracle in the mess. This was a mess that these young kids had. It, it just was not good. I mean, you moms think about it. You're, you're having a baby in a petting zoo. I mean, it's dirty, it's, it's not sterile, and, and there's strangers, probably other people stand there. You're not the only one that stand there, and it, it's just a wild, wild scene. And yet in the midst of that, little did Joseph and Mary know that they were a part of a miracle. I mean, the miracle began when Mary got pregnant, obviously, by the Holy Spirit, but it continued The shepherds, let let me read to you about the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. It says, in the same region, there were some shepherds that were staying out in the fields, and they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. You can imagine. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, she treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds, they went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. And then 
not only did the shepherds get a chance to be a part of a miracle, but the wise men or the magi, as the Bible describes them. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it describes these guys. It says, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Mary and Joseph had to be saying, this is the craziest thing. I mean, what looked like just a a complete disaster of of being away from our home, thinking we're going to have our baby there, everything is set, and here we are alone, and this surely has got to be a mistake, and we must have maybe missed God. I can't see how God would allow this to happen. This certainly can't be his will, and yet I believe these two miracles showed them that, no, this is a part of my plan. It's a different plan. It's something you don't understand, but I'm doing something different here. I call that a miracle in the mess, where all of a sudden things are messy, things are not right, things don't, they seem to just have gone terribly wrong, and yet all of a sudden God shows up and something just just crazy good happens. Let me give you an example. I, I it was a part of a miracle and a mess one time. In fact, it was a mess that I actually created. And you that have been here a while, you'll remember this story. Years ago, we were uh, going on a mission trip down to Mexico, only about four hours from Bakersfield where I was pastoring at that time. But everybody that was going couldn't leave until after they got work on a Friday. We were going down on a Friday, going to come back Sunday night. And so we said, okay, we'll just leave about six o'clock on Friday night and Of course, it's four hours from Bakersfield down to the border and then the crossover. And this orphanage was in its infant stage. In fact, it only had a a bathroom built. That's that's the only thing in the property. We were down there to build a kitchen. And it was in a very uh, rural area there. And so I told the guy, I said, do you have a map of direction? He goes, well, it's not really on the map. I said, well, how do you get there? Well, here's how you get there. You're going to cross the border at this border crossing, and then as soon as you cross, you're going to go three miles. And then be looking for it. It's on the right-hand side on a pole. There's going to be a paper plate. It's a white paper plate. It's going to have an arrow pointing to the left. At that arrow, go left. And you're No, I'm serious. That's that's go left at the paper plate. Okay. Then you're going to go five miles, and you're going to see a pole that's going to have some red spray paint on it. When you get to that pole with the red spray paint, you're going to go right. Turn right right there. Okay. Pie with the arrow to the left, uh, a paper plate, pole to the right. And so, uh, shock, shock, I got lost. And I'm leading five cars down there. We've we got a caravan down there. And I find myself in the, the outskirts of Tijuana, driving at midnight and all of a sudden I look behind me and I see, you know, three or four lights. I said, oh my gosh. And of course you've heard the horror stories of Mexico getting pulled over in Mexico and we get pulled over and I told everybody, start praying, start praying, start praying. And then Tasha, our little Mexican lady went with us interpreter. I said, come on, Tasha, come with me. And uh, I said, Tasha, go, go talk with the, the, the federality. Tell them I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm a gringo. I didn't know I was going on the wrong way. Tell them we're going to an orphanage. And, and just, just, uh, just tell them what you can tell them. We'll be praying here. 
And in fact, I told the people, I said, hey, uh, get ready. I may need to hit some of you up for money because we may have to buy our way out of this thing. So, so just FYI. But pray, but, but be ready to open your wallets here in a, in a second. Tasha comes back and says, you're not going to believe this. What? She goes, Pastor, he said, the federale said that he understands and he knows of this orphanage. He's heard about this orphanage and he likes what we're doing. In fact, he said that he will give us an escort. He, he, will, he will lead us there. We just, we'll just follow him there. Because at that point, I had no idea where we were coming to lost. I had no idea where we were at. And I said, oh, that's so nice of him. I said, well, what does he want? How much money? He doesn't want any money. He doesn't want any money? Well, let's give him something. He said, he won't take any money. Well, what will he take? She said, I, I offered him a cake, and he took the cake. I said, what kind of cake was it? She goes, it was an angel food cake. So we called him our angel the rest of the trip. And literally, I mean, I was lost in the middle of Mexico, middle of the night, and, and I thought we were going to get hauled off to jail, and this gentleman drove us literally all the way to the orphanage and got us there. A mess became a miracle. See, in the Bible, when you see the miracles, we see that and we're all rejoicing, but what precedes it is a problem. A problem always precedes a miracle. So my question to you is, how many of you got some problems in your life right now? Well, if you do, guess what? You're a candidate for a miracle. In fact, why don't you ask God this Christmas, say, God, I want you to come into this mess. Lord, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what you can do. But Lord, I'm inviting you in. And Lord, either change the circumstance or God, change me in the middle of the circumstance. But God, would you come into this mess and do what you do? And then lastly, here's the third thing I see in this story about the birth of our Savior is to focus on the most important things. I think that is a valuable lesson that we learned from this story, but we especially have learned in this past year with all the things that we have gone through. Now, I imagine Joseph and Mary, as well as they seem to have handled it, we don't see them complaining, but they're human. I'm sure they begin to get discouraged. I'm sure they had moments where their circumstance began to overwhelm them. Oh, I miss mom, Mary would say. Oh, I just wish my family could see my baby. Oh, it's, man, we don't know anybody down here. I'm sure it got hard. I imagine when she got to that point, Joseph would say, I know, hon, I know, but... Mary, I know it's difficult. I feel bad for you, hon. But Mary, look it, look it. You got a son. You, you have a son. I know it didn't come out the way that we thought. I know we never imagined we'd be here in this town where we don't know a soul. But Mary, you got a boy. And then I imagine Joseph, maybe while in Egypt, trying to get some work, trying to provide for his family, beginning to feel the pressure that us men feel in providing for a family, knowing that, hey, I, 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 bills are coming up and we don't have enough money and, and getting discouraged. And Whereas you gals handle your emotions better, you 
more honest with your emotions. You're sad. You're fearful. Us guys, we're just familiar with really one emotion we're really familiar with, and that's anger. And Joseph got mad, and this isn't right, and he's kicking stuff around the house, and he's throwing stuff, and he's afraid. He's fearful. But with guys, it comes off as anger, and Mary said, Joseph, come here. Come here, hon. Sit down. Here, have a cup of coffee. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Hey, you, you've always taken care of this, Joseph. God, God will provide something for you. Joseph, I know we're not going to be here, Joseph. Jo- I, I want to show you something. Joseph, look at You got a boy, Joseph. Look at your son. Look at, do you think your son cares that you don't have a job right now? He just wants daddy. Joseph, you have a son. And I think all of a sudden it just gave Joseph perspective. See, this Christmas for us is a different Christmas. It's been a different church for us since COVID. You probably don't realize it. I do because I've been up here, is that there's not as much laughter in this church. And I'm not even saying that to condemn you. I'm just saying it, it just is what it is. I don't know why that's the case. I mean, I tell jokes and I know they're funny, but they're just... <laughs> you don't laugh as hearty as you used to. No, but I get it. It's, it's just a different time. It's been weighing on us. We're concerned about some things. We, we, we just don't have as much jovialness in us as we once had. But I want to encourage you tonight... Those of us that are in situations that we never imagined ourselves in, futures that we don't know exactly what the future holds, my encouragement to you is this. You have the Son. You have the Son. You have Jesus Christ inside of you. And when you have the Son inside of you, You have that great promise that you are never alone. You are never alone. You're never away from his care. He'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, the scripture says. When you have the son, you need or have, you'll have all the help that you'll need in crisis. You'll you'll have everything that you will need will be there for you. And, And when you have the son, There's hope that there's life after this heaven. What's the worst thing that could happen to us on this earth? You die. Well, really, for the Christian, that's probably the best thing that could happen for us. Now, it's bad for those that we leave behind. We don't want to leave people hurting and crying. But for us, it would be the best thing. Why? Because we're out of this broken body. We're out of this broken world. And we're up with the Lord, and it's glorious. Let me conclude. I saw this, and I was really surprised at first, but then I kind of got it. There was a poll out recently that said that 75% of the people polled secretly admitted that they were kind of glad that Christmas is being toned down this year. They said, I don't want to say that too loud. I don't, you know, cause, you know, I don't want my parents to think I don't want to be over with them. And, you know, whatever. But, but we're kind of glad. And they said, well, why? Why are you glad that Christmas is being toned down? They said, well, one, one group said, because, you know, we don't have to go to, like, office parties. Because, you know, you don't want people gathering together. We don't have to go to an office party. And 
I don't know. I, I kind of like our office parties here, but I guess some office parties just are not real desirable, apparently. Uh, yeah, we don't have to go to an office party. Others have said, oh, my gosh, it's going to make Christmas Day so much more relaxing for us because typically we have to go to, you know, uh, my wife's parents for, for breakfast, and then we have to go to my husband's parents for dinner. And then next year we have to flip it around because if we don't flip it around, then one side gets mad at the other, and we've got to make sure that we spend equal time over there. And, and then, you know, we've got to cook, and we've got to and get the kids ready, and, of course, we've got to shop. And they're saying it's just kind of nice this year that, that we just, it's just slower and easier. Interesting. I want to encourage you this year to just enjoy the slowness of this season. I'm sure next year it'll be right back to the frantic rat race that we know is the Christmas season here. But this year, it is slower. And just soak it in. Soak it in. Let me tell you a little Christmas joke. A singer came out on stage and sang the first song of her program, and the audience began clapping, yelling out, once more, do it once more. The singer sang the song again, and the audience screamed for again, sing it once more, sing it once more. And she, the singer's got kind of puzzled look on her face, and she thanked the audience and said, okay, I, I'll, I'll do it, but can I ask you, why do you want me to, to sing the song once more? An awkward silence. And one little guy finally says, because you keep getting better every time you do it. Just sing it once more. Maybe that'll help you. Well, I believe 2021 will once more be a better year. I believe it will. But in the meantime, I think there are some lessons that, that uh, we can learn. And if nothing else, tomorrow as you're celebrating with your family and, or your friends and the tradition that, that you do, maybe you can think back to this young couple and the very unorthodox first birthday that they had or the, 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 the arrival of Jesus Christ. It was not in a traditional fashion. And so we have that in common with Joseph and Mary, just a, a very, very strange, odd year. But nevertheless, if you have the sun, you have Christmas. There's no, no virus can take away that fact, okay? We're going to celebrate Christmas tomorrow. Let me, let me pray for us. Father, in this most unusual of years, God, Lord, we are going to enjoy the slower pace. We're going to enjoy our kids We're going to enjoy our parents, our family, our friends. We're going to enjoy the food that we eat tomorrow. And God, I pray, God, with this extra time, with this this less demanding of a schedule, that it would allow us just to ponder all that tomorrow means, all that it signifies, God leaving heaven, being born of a woman, coming into the world, All for us, Lord. God, I pray for everyone here, Lord, who is struggling with uh, any sort of uncertainty in their future. I pray, God, that they would just have peace, God, that, that, Lord, you can do a miracle in the mess of life. I pray for people here who have 
uh, lost people or who are concerned about people with COVID, I pray, Lord, that you would just give them peace and hope, give those healing that need to be healing. And Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that in spite of what's going on outside of us, God, we can celebrate, Lord, Christmas tomorrow. We pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name.